It's 11 minutes past nine and we're going into feedback. This is the time. And we're talking about um, food trends and women in uh, the um, food sector, the hospitality sector. And on the line with us, we have Anna Trapido, award-winning chef, but also award-winning author as well. Anna, thank you so much for joining us. Hello, hello. Anna, let's um, talk about the space that I think many people in the uh, hospitality sector sit right now, is we've come out of two years of COVID, of lockdown of restaurants. What has that impact been on the restaurant and hospitality sector? Well, you know, I think anybody that is still in business um, within the restaurant and hospitality sector is a superhero, you know, that, that they have been through just the most sort of terrifying, exhausting, financially draining time. And, you know, there there are quite a lot of tantrums in kitchens at the moment. But, uh, you know, it's absolutely understandable. Everyone is exhausted. That I think from the customer point of view, so that's the chefs and the restaurateurs, from the customer point of view, you know, A, a lot of people are just, you know, they don't have money to go to restaurants anymore. Mm. So um, there's that issue. But there's also, even the people that do still have money, we've got out of the habit of going to restaurants. So, you know, you think, should we go out now? Let's order in. So people are ordering in from a restaurant rather than going to a restaurant. And that's a completely different experience. And I think, you know, less good for both chefs and customers, ultimately. Mm. You know, certainly one of the things uh, I know that we covered over the time of COVID was this idea of the growth of dark kitchens. Mm. And I'm wondering, is that something that has just continued, expanded, you know, grown even now as um, lockdown has ended? Absolutely. I think that, um, you know, more and more people simply, you know, they they want to be able to order, you know, we've become so sort of atomized that Mm. if I can order Chinese and you can have classic French and we can all sit together, um, that and and we can all do it kind of gawping at Netflix, you know, that that's become the new kind of Epicurean experience. And so I think, you know, on that level, dark kitchens will grow and grow because they allow people flexibility in that sense. Um, That you know, what bothers me about them is, first of all, that, you know, when you're in a restaurant, you, that's social activity and you're engaging with the outside world. And, you know, it, it allows you to remember that you are part of a society. Yeah. But, you know, if, I mean, even if it's like, you know, the, you know, the terrible way in Cape Town, you, you tend to like step over street children as you go into restaurants, you know, that, that even that, you know, that street children are there, you know, that the people that stay like behind high walls have no sense that they are part of a broader society that um, so I think it's quite dangerous in a way you get more and more insular and care less and less about you know everybody else in the universe just because you stop seeing them yeah you know one of the things that's quite striking because I've been thinking about it in Johannesburg of late I do see a lot of new restaurants popping up but they seem to Mm. be um, I don't know if they like restaurants or if they just places where people can go and party and I'm not sure if that we're seeing a shift in that I don't know it's maybe it's just my 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 view of the world look I agree that there are suddenly um quite a lot of spaces that started off as restaurants that you know if you go back three months later you think 
more like a nightclub, really. Yeah. Um, with sort of, you know, a garnish of food. Um, you know, I think we are all, in our various ways, and our various industries, trying to work out, you know, who we are in this kind of new landscape. Yeah. And in a way, one of the things that Johannesburg has always really lacked is a place where you can have dinner and dancing, you know, that, that, that kind of old-fashioned format or, you know eat something lovely while a jazz musician is playing is, has been quite a rare um, kind of restaurant concept. Yeah. So I think that we are trying to find ways to to that kind of, you know, food plus space. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, as long as the food and the music, you know, have been paired in some kind of sensible way. That it's, you know, it's like food and wine, you know, yeah. you don't want the food and, and music clash with each other. But, you know, done cleverly, I think that could be great. You know, Anna, in your in some of the notes and stuff that you've been writing, you, you note that um, we are, in fact, ironically, seeing a, a, a greater focus on um, Western Central African cuisine, uh, not just uh, locally, but globally as well. Talk to us about that. Well, you know, it's very interesting. Um, you know, West and Central African food is completely delicious and sort of opulent on a level that almost sometimes feels like a bit rude. You know, it's 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 so sort of rich and generous and yeah. So for years I've been saying why why does nobody recognise how fantastic this food is? But what's happened is that there's a whole generation of kind of young. Um, West African and Central African chefs who have international experience and who have come home. And in Lagos and Kigali and Accra, you know, that they are starting these fine dining restaurants working within what they're calling new African cuisine. So it's taking um, classic ingredients and, you know, heritage recipes and reconfiguring them for a restaurant context. So, you know, if, if Danish people can do that with New Nordic, yeah. The, the theory is, you know, why can't you do that with Ghanaian food? Or and so, and I think that that plus, um, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement put a lot of focus on African American culture, and within that, the recognition that West African food and African American food, you know, share the same ancestry. Um, so that that there's now a lot of excitement about. West African food in America, and obviously, you know, that's where money and magazines are. So, um, yeah. yeah, but certainly, and one, one doesn't want it to just become a sort of appropriation thing, but um, it, potentially, this is fantastic. We are seeing some uh, really interesting uh, female chefs come out of this movement as well, I understand. Yes, no, well, all sorts, of, I mean, in South Africa, because there is a new African cuisine movement within South Africa, in South Africa, the great star um, is um, a woman called Mabato Molesi, who has a restaurant in Cape Town called Emma Zulwini, yeah. which is a sort of um, modern Zulu restaurant. Um, so it's kind of fine dining with wine pairings, etc., but it's also um, based in her kind of core heritage flavors yeah. that, um, you know, all over the world there are interesting women doing these things. There's a brilliant woman who actually was in Johannesburg last week for something um, called Selassie Atadika, 
who runs a company called Miduna in Accra. And she started off as a chocolatier making, yes. you know, chocolates with uh, very exciting um, sort of heritage spices in them, um, a sort of African chocolate range. You know, because Ghana is a chocolate-producing country. It's dark that they don't make high-end chocolates there. So, But she has moved into um, kind of deliciousness more generally, Um so, we're going yeah, to have to. We're going to have to leave it there. That's Anna Trapido, and uh, an interesting insight into what we're seeing with regards to some of the trends with restaurants and indeed chefs as well. It's twenty past nine.